Hey guys, welcome to TechLink episode whatever it is at this point. It's currently 4.57pm and it is the 5th of July 2020. And I'm recording this for the first time on the Galaxy S20 Ultra. Uh, now you might be wondering why I've been off uh, for a week. Uh, the main reason for that has just been that I wanted to properly test out and play around and use the Galaxy S20 Ultra as my main device. Um, so, yeah, um, last episode I talked about finalizing that decision of the flagship device, and it came last, was it last, last Tuesday possibly? And I've been I've had it ever since. Um, I didn't do an episode last week, obviously. So this week um, is the episode talking about the S twenty Ultra. That's mainly what I'm going to talk about, and what I feel about it, and what the impressions are, and possibilities to, you know, what I've done as in terms of like upgrading it and what I've put on it, that sort of thing. Whole setup process behind the S20 Ultra. Um, so let's just start off with, with some basics, I guess. Um, first of all, I got the Korean variant of the device, um, not the China mainland version, because of the price discrepancy between both models. The Korean variant started off, or you know, there's only one variant of the Korean model, and that's the 256 gigabytes of storage and 12 gig RAM variant. It's the one I've got. And it was priced at around 5,700 RMB. Um, I think 600 pounds, 600 and something pounds. So an absolute bargain, uh, for sure. I think I talked about this before. Um, but it doesn't have dual SIM and a few Chinese features like uh, fingerprint payment don't work properly although there is a there is a way to get around that and I'll talk about that later that do make them work properly and I'm glad that I bought this version specifically now the second thing that is important about this device is that um, it's a rooted phone okay so there's root access it came with root access it's also got an unlocked bootloader which it needs to have the custom ROM uh, installed on the device because if it doesn't have the bootloader unlocked the custom ROM will wipe itself and I think we'll just be on stock ROM or we'd be soft bricked so there's various technicalities to it being rooted obviously so first of all um, the root is a sole ROM so it's a sole ROM pre-installed uh, and it's rooted for one major purpose. Uh, sorry, the custom ROM is sole ROMs. Uh, the root came uh, after the ROM. But it was rooted when I got it, and I had a custom ROM. When I got it, it still has a custom ROM, because I paid an extra £20 to get a custom ROM pre-installed, uh, so I could um, essentially have fingerprint payments uh, and face recognition payments on Alipay, uh, WeChat Pay, and Google Pay, which weren't available without this uh, ROM because, of course, the, 
based native Korean ROM does not support Chinese services. So that's essentially why I did that. And the ROM has its own sort of perks and you know, tweaks to it. There's, um, you know, for example, you can have the, the clock read seconds instead of just minutes. So minutes and seconds, which is probably not that particularly useful, but um, I find that it's quite nice, I suppose. There is also the ability, you know, to customize basically every single corner of the device. You can, there's an ice box, so all the bloatware is gone. It's not affecting the, the performance of the device and the usability of the device. Um, so that's great. And overall, I just think that it's, you know, it's a nice, it's a nice uh, ROM and it's a nice trade-off. Because obviously, if I wasn't very well versed on custom ROMs and on routing, then I would not have picked this option. But I know that at any minute, I can just flash stock firmware on a device, Korean stock firmware on the device, and just bring it back to normal. But I just haven't felt the need to do that yet. I guess it gets updates. Um, obviously, just like Ted Salmon said on the PSC podcast, it's a per a few podcasts ago, a few PSCs ago. It's a person doing all the updating. Obviously, it's not a company, and that support may stop by any second, obviously. But so far, so good. Uh, I'm on June 2020 security, which is the latest one for Samsung, as far as I can tell. I know some people have started getting July, but I expect that to be a slow rollout, regardless, and of course, for these people. And I think security patches are kind of relevant either way when you're rooted because you've got that security already in the device and you've got the ROM security on top of the actual Android security. So it's not really, I'm probably not saying it very well, but it's not that relevant, um, I feel, to have you know, the security patches updating all the time when you, you have a rooted device and you're very secure anyway. Um, it does get updates though, so that's good. And camera updates have come through, etc. That have made the camera better over the over this week, uh, these past few weeks. One update came through, so it is verified, updatable, which is good. Um, more technicalities. Um, I got mine in black um, because I just didn't like the grey, the way the grey looked. I thought black on black looked pretty stealthy, so I went with black. And I got two cases for it. Um, one is the UAG Monarch case, which is an absolute tank of a case. Um, I, I drop things quite a bit, so this phone isn't isn't small. Let's just say that. So I just needed to, for it to be in a case, just so any drops or anything, um, it's protected. Um, I've kept the uh, out-of-the-box screen protector on it because it's been working fine. So there's a notification there. Um, it's been working fine. It is a bit scratched, but only lightly and nothing major. And I'll probably keep it on there as long, you know, until it, it it's bad. And then I'll take it over to, um, I could just get a new one. And I'll have them install it at my preferred place, which is a place which I've mentioned before, which is a magician's place where... They do things very cheaply, so I'll just have them install the screen protector there. Um, 
other details, I suppose, about the device. Um, so yeah, the ROM is essentially fine, and it's got root access. I've installed a few Magisk modules um, for battery. Uh, there's one very useful one if you're rooted and you have Magisk, um, where you can essentially control the speed of charging, or not speed of charging, but the, I don't, okay, I think it's called Advanced Charging Controller, or ACC, where essentially it, it's kind of like that feature Sony has, I think Wallpuzz also has, where you, when your phone is charging overnight and it hits 100%, um, usually phones will keep pushing it, and that will just wear out the battery, and it's useless. To have it overnight like that, so this feature sort of drains it, and then the closer you are in the day to the daytime, um, it'll pick it back up again. So it reaches eighty percent, and it stops charging, and then it'll charge again at like seven a.m. for you to wake up at seven thirty, charged. Now I don't, I barely use the forty-five watt charging that I bought, by the way, because it came with twenty-five watts. So I bought the forty-five watt supercharger. Uh, I use a 5 watt wireless charger because it's less taxing on the battery life. And uh, we'll talk battery life later. Um, but it's been surprising. Um, and yeah, that way it charges. And it charges overnight like that for me. Sometimes when I need a quick boost, I will maybe give it 15 minutes on the um, 45 watts. Just because that just charges it maybe about 20%. And that's usually enough for the rest of the day. But I only do that if I've been gaming excessively or watching a lot of content and doing multiple things. And I I use my phone a lot. So I'm a power user. I use it for a lot of things. Not just social media and, um, you know, scrolling and watching content. I edit a lot of pictures. I do a lot of um, work with um, spreadsheets on my phone. Um especially as I'm getting into university now, I'm, I've sort of managed to organize my life inside my phone quite a bit. I do a lot of like Chinese uh, learning through my through my phone using specific apps and they waste battery and blah, blah, blah. So, it, it, you know, I, I can kill this device if I wanted to. Um, I haven't done it just yet, um, but I could. But all this is to say that... Um, the charging is fine, and that there's a magic feature that you know helps you out with it. Um, and you know, a little piece of advice: I would say don't supercharge your phone all the time. Don't use fast charging all the time because it, there is a long-term effect on the battery life, and the, you know, batteries are always degrading. So you're just speeding up that process by um, fast charging at any given opportunity. So don't. Um, so yeah, there's root access, like I said, I keep making tangents, but whatever, and there's, I mean, I use a couple of root specific apps which really work, uh, well, one of them is, let me actually find it on here, because I forgot what it's called, so Seasploit and Xanti, so these two apps, um, essentially, essentially kill off anyone who's on your network who you don't want to be on your network and they get rid of them and they cut their connection and you can essentially play with them 
so like send images and, and videos and stuff and I just use it whenever anyone's on my network not that anyone is rarely but I've had maybe um, people trying to access my network and the password's not hard okay let's just say that so people try at times I guess and then I do it sometimes people shouldn't be on the network when they should be doing something else as a means of authority I suppose you could call it and I just killed their connection um, so it's useful um, in that sense another router app that I use is Viper for Android um, now I bought an iBasso DCO2 uh, dongle which I use with my Marshall Mode EQs which I know are not the best pair of earbuds but with this uh, DAC, they really, um, you know, they make they make them sound quite good, and they actually work. Um, you know, they actually work pretty well um, with this app, and it just you know you have a lot of settings, you have a, a proper EQ, you can amplify, you can you know boost the bass, all that stuff. You can do that, and it just it just makes a difference for me because it amplifies everything. To, a, to an extent where I can, you know, my ears, my ears thank me. They're a lot better than using the included USB-C AKG um, branded earphones, which are all right. I mean, they're all right for podcasts, maybe, but not for listening to high-quality music. And um, Not that I have amazingly high-quality music, but I do have some nice tracks, which I'd like to enjoy at times um, with a good pair. And the closest thing to that on a USB-C only device that's not an LG and doesn't have a headphone jack is via this iBasso amp. Um, and shout out to Gavin Fabiani Lemond of um, MiWi and of YouTube. I watched his uh, video on the DCO2 and I was just convinced um, to buy it on Taba, which was available. So that's great and it works very well. Like I said, it does get kind of hot, but it's fairly normal for that to get hot, like it's pushing out a lot of power out of the um, out of the DAC and that com combined with the Viper for Android app just maximizes the audio experience so I'm actually quite happy um, with it and I sometimes use my uh, Bowers and Wilkins PX7s uh, to you know um, to just amplify everything like, it sounds great um, it sounds great on Marshall mode EQs and on the BMW PX7s when you plug in the headphone jack via the amp and to the USB-C port of the phone, it just sounds insane. So I'm very glad that app exists, and I'm glad I'm rooted because I can, you know, take advantage of that. Um, anyway, a lot of tangents. This is not going to be a short podcast, it looks like. Um, but you know, whatever. Belly. I rarely make um, long podcasts anyway. Another useful app, um, which I don't use anymore because I just, well, I guess I do use it sometimes, but not as much as I thought I would, is the Google Camera APK app. I did find one that works very well. Obviously, it doesn't support the zooming. It's only, uh, it's like it had a one camera. Um, it doesn't have, you know, toggles for the telephoto and all that stuff. The folded periscope or the wide angle. It does have the wide-angle toggle, not the zooming, though. And it's it's all right, but I actually prefer, for the first time, I actually prefer the stock Samsung camera app. Uh, maybe it's my version of the Gcam APK, because on previous phones, I've preferred the Gcam APK over the Samsung camera. 
but I just feel like I'd like the colors coming off the Samsung camera more than the Gcam APK. Um, just, you know, they're not as bright and saturated, which is weird. Uh, I did turn Scene Optimizer off on the Samsung app, so maybe that's it. Um, but, I mean, it is useful to have sometimes. I just play around with it sometimes because its night mode is better than the Samsung one. So when when there's a very dark environment, I sort of launch it by swiping up on the camera icon um, and I take the night shot. It usually comes out better than the Samsung phone. But for most situations, I don't use it at all. Um, It's not that useful (laughs) for me. Um, But yeah, that wraps up sort of the rooted aspect and how I bought it and why why I'm rooted, why I choose chose to go rooted and the yeah, updates do come through Ote updates still come through um i just got one today actually fixing a few things which is great and not from samsung officially from the rom developers but also from samsung officially there are security patches which is great um, and i don't know how they get around that because i thought it was impossible to get security patches with uh rooted phones because that's it you're killing your updates um but Apparently, it's it's possible because it, it's happened. I don't know, but I'm glad. I'm glad it works. Okay, um, let's move on to another aspect of the device, and the screen is next. Now, I'm not going to spend much time on the screen. Um, sorry, we can hear stuff because there's people talking in the background. Give me a second. So, yeah, the screen... Um, yeah, it's great. Um, if I can like summarize it in like two words, um, it's a six point nine inch AMOLED, blah 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 QHD, hundred and twenty hertz um, display. And it's it is gorgeous. It's great for content consumption, as all modern smartphone screen are is nowadays. Um, so you know, there's not much to be said, except the curious fact that I don't use it on. 120 hertz anymore and that I thought that was something that I would absolutely just want to have back just because on my K35G that's 120 hertz screen and I came from a K35G and I thought I'm going to miss it if I put it down to 60 hertz so I put it down 120 hertz um, but no I switched it back to 60 and now I'm on QHD so I'm using on 60 hertz QHD and let me tell you, it was well worth it, okay? Because yes, 120 hertz feels very smooth when you turn it on. It feels amazing. And yes, I know that there are people going to say, oh, you bought this phone for this much money and you're not using its marquee feature. Uh, now, for me, another marquee feature of this phone is the battery life. So I'm just trading using one marquee feature for another marquee feature because you can't use this phone with 120 hertz and uh, yeah, 100 with 120 hertz, even at 1080p, um, without the battery being just okay. Let's be clear, it's not bad at 120 hertz, 1080p. But let's just say I can understand why they didn't implement a 120 hertz QHD mode. I know that's the user's choice, blah, blah, blah. But I think I get where something was coming from because you would absolutely demolish this battery life in under five hours. Um, screen on five hours, under five hours. Um, screen on time, I mean, for sure. 
at 1080, 120, I'm getting about 6, which is meh. Okay, it's meh. It's okay. It's not great at all. Uh, and for 5,000 milliamp hours, that shouldn't be happening. Um, and then, okay. There we go. And then, um, okay, give me a second. So, yeah, the screen isn't, you know, it's great, but I've turned 120 hertz just for the battery life, you know. I get about eight to nine hours with 60 QHD, which is sufficient for the whole day, and that's why I turned it off. Um, there's no, obviously, there's no curves on it, or barely any, so there's no real problems with any light on the edges or any false touches at all, and I use a case most of the time, so there's not a problem. I'm considering getting a skin um, for it, but I'm not good with installing skins, so I might just take it to them if I do buy one to install. And there's not much to it, to it, not much to it in terms of the screen. Um, it's it's beautiful. Um, there's a few modes you can configure to set it to natural or vibrant, but I've kept it on Samsung's vibrant because that's just the way I like the look of things on my display. Right, um, optics is another big sticking point, isn't it? Actually, no, that's... Well, I've already talked about battery life a little bit, but I'm just going to add that... Um, I believe Ted Salmon mentioned this yet again um, quite a few months ago when he was updating his Samsung device. I forget which one he had right now, but a lot of apps were updating, like around 415 or something applications. That's still the case. Um, in this latest update that I got, around 492 apps were um, updating or optimizing. So, you know, that's still a thing that Samsung has, where it has a shitload of apps that, you know, just are lying, sitting there doing nothing. And I guess that's maybe why battery life isn't as good as it could be. Um, I can't really imagine what it'd be like for the Exynos people, because they've got it a lot worse. Uh, or a bit worse, it seems like. Um, sorry if you can hear messages. It's just a lot of conversation going on in one of the groups. I might have to turn off notifications for that if it keeps going. Um, but anyway, um, so maybe that could be the case of having slightly a subpart battery life. Um, but overall, at 60 hertz QHD with Grunify on and Taming blowware. Greenify by the way is a service that shuts off background applications that don't need to be on. I get 9 to 10, 10 to 11 of them aggressive with it. Uh, I was off screen on time and it gets me through a day and a half without a problem on QHD 60. So that's good. And keep in mind, I use Nova Launcher. Okay, it's getting annoying. Give me, you know what, I'm just going to do it right now. Let me go into these. Into these. Um, okay. It's just sound notifications. Sorry, sorry about that, guys. Um, but yeah, battery's been pretty good if you, if you obviously if you manage it. And I didn't have it on twenty hertz on, so that's obviously why it's been that good. Had I had one hundred twenty hertz on, like I had for the first five days, maybe three days, probably would have had a worse experience with it. Obviously. Because with 120 hertz on, you're not getting through the full day. I don't think so. If you're a heavy user like me, maybe you're a light user and you administer things, then maybe that can do you. But it certainly didn't do me. So, 
so there's not much not much else to talk about really um optics we will get into optics now um i've been surprisingly satisfied with the optics um now when i first bought it um i i will confess i had a little bit of a i was about to refund it and recall it and just get my money back because i was like crap am i gonna regret this you know because i had an s10 and i always thought the galaxy's optics were top maybe top top 10 but never really that good you know never really that good not on the level of of other phone manufacturers and it's kind of the case here okay because uh, from what i've seen it it probably doesn't rival the p40 pro um i'd say it's on par with something like well you see it's not really on par with anything it's its own thing i'd say it's a little bit behind the p40 pro um, from what I've seen, and, and I've held the P40 Pro, and I've, I've taken shots with both, side by side, at, at a store. Um, I spent like half an hour at that store, just testing out the cameras. And I think the P40 Pro is a little bit better, um, in low light, and obviously the focusing is a lot better, because this has face detection and not dual focus, dual pixel. So definitely, um, in those two categories, but... I'd say zoom is comparable uh, quite a bit. This has four times optical, the P40 Pro is five times optical. Um, but this has a bigger sensor, so it you know it sort of compensates that one times. Like it's five times, this is just as crisp as the five times on the P40 Pro. Um, but of course, you know, the P40 Pro is using that main telephoto. Uh, and it's all optical, there's 20 ultras using that to the photo four times optical and then cropping in on the 48 megapixel telephoto for that one times more to get it to five times so it's just as crisp um on both and the zoom is genuinely handy like i've had a few pictures where i've used it with something that was you know decently far away not too far away but decently far away and i had a decent shot in fact my latest me we shot of a candle which I took in very very low exposure and I think looked pretty you know pretty nice um was taken with five times zoom or four times zoom uh, I was zooming into a candle that we had on the table we were having dinner at, a, at some place and that turned out to be turned out pretty well actually another thing I really like about the optics is the portrait mode on on it and the well the live focus how do you call it I think it's great it does a great job with edges and you can do a lot after the fact. It's just nice um, to have that. And of course, the 108 megapixel mode for when I need to take something, maybe a scene, a large scene, uh, you know, a. Not that we're going out much, um, but, you know, when you're taking pictures of. I don't, I don't know what to tell you, like a football pitch, you know, or a plane. And you can just zoom in, and you can preserve quite a bit of detail on the shot. Obviously, when you upload it to MiWi and to Instagram and places like that, the quality, at least to MiWi, Instagram's a bit better about it, but it still compresses. But on MiWi, it just compresses in a murderous fashion. So that's annoying because um, you, you lose most of it, if not all the detail that you had with that original shot, which just sometimes just drives me insane when I'm trying to, you know, you can't really do 
like detail shots on MeWe because it will you'll lose all the detail and you lose the whole point of your shot probably not getting it across the best but that's sort of what I mean um but I guess if you leave the uh, original resolution link in the description then that'll do you and that works fine but yeah um anyway the the resolution of the sense of the main sense is great and when we're going on our trip to Qinghai or whatever it is we're going maybe Tibet uh, later this summer we might you know this will come very much in handy for taking all the all the pictures and yes focusing is uh, slow uh, comparatively slow obviously but it's not a deal breaker for me I I tap to focus anyway on a phone and all you have to do is tap to focus and it'll focus if you tap to focus it'll focus and it'll do it and um, I do have the problem do I do have the problem um, that's been widely reported of when you're taking text um, picture of text like say you're taking a picture of a book page for the reason the so the, the the characters at the top of the page will be a little bit blurry and out of focus and there'll be a lot less crisp and those are the so the center of the page where the phone is getting the most focus i don't know why that is i think that's just physics because of the sensor signs um but i could be wrong um but anyway that is a problem i've noticed um yep and so the front-facing camera is all right as well it's 40 megapixels not that i take many selfies so i don't have much to comment on that to be honest um but yeah i'd say this rear-facing camera is very good very good it, it's very versatile and very good even the wide angle is decent I, i've taken some decent shots with it um so yeah, I'd say it's a great camera. I say it ranks top spot, top five in terms of smartphone cameras, um, for sure, absolutely. And price, uh, I did talk about price a little bit earlier, but I would just like to say that if you need to pay one thousand four hundred dollars for this phone, then it's clearly not worth it. You know, I was lucky enough to have a bargain on my hands with this because of where I live. Um, they resell the Korean version. At a very cheap price and it's easy to get it's easily shipped out to you it came as new in its box the only difference was that it came in a little plastic fold thing um instead of in you know the usual packaging because obviously they had to open it to bloody install the roms and stuff they didn't take any of the plastics off except the, the one in the front to touch the screen but everything was completely brand new and it was a bargain price um, and I still have the box with me with all the accessories and I could resell it if I wanted to okay um, obviously it's not going to fetch 10,000 kwai if I sell it here in China because people know it's a Korean model but if I sell it in Korea or in other places uh, in the U in the UK and the US it'll be ju worth just as much as those models because it's got the same band uh, it's got the same dual sim uh, sorry single sim only so it'll be worth the same and uh, it's got the 865 in it, which is better than the Exynos 990 in the UK models and the European models, and it's got the same bands. So it's a, it's a steal for anyone in the UK to get their hands on a Korean model. Uh, they should do that if they can, or anyone in Europe who has the 
unfortunate Exynos variant, which I've heard compromises a lot on battery life and a little bit on sort of performance because it's less efficient overall and stuff like that, which makes zero sense to me because if you look at Huawei with their Kirin chips, they've optimized their chips to their hardware and their battery life is insane. I don't understand why Samsung doesn't do a better job optimizing its Exynos chips to its own hardware. Uh, look at Apple. I mean, I guess it's it's mainly down to software, but then again, EMUI has a load of bloat um, as well, which I think just as much as uh, One UI 2.1 on this. So anyway, definitely a deficiency in their chips. Um, there are rumors of Samsung going to MediaTek for their chips, which would be interesting, um, but we'll have to wait and see on that one. Um, any other points? So optics, screen, battery... Um, I'm sure I'm missing something. Well, the build and design, um, well, there's not much to be said about it. I mean, it's not a pretty phone um, by any stretch of the imagination. It's quite a bulky chunk, chunker of a phone. Um, it The camera bump, I think, looks very professional, but maybe I'm biased. I just think it looks professional. Like, the way that the camera hump on the P30 line look, looks pretty, I think this looks professional. Like, it, it, it's a... It's intimidating almost, like, in, you know, that it's meant to be used, it's a tool, and I do wish that we just would have gotten rid of the stupid 100 times space zoom branding, because zoom up to 30 times is good, but then past 100 times, past past um, 30 times, it's just kind of pointless, like, you know, 50 times, it's not great, 60 times, 70 times, 80 times, like, it's just pointless, and yeah, you might use it maybe occasionally to like spot out a number plate or something, or spot out some something the distance that you need to spot out. But you, it's definitely not shareable anywhere. That picture, and there's no real point of taking it um, unless you need to take it. That's what I'm trying to say. So I wish I'd gotten rid of that. But in black, it looks very sleek, very stealthy, as much as stealthy as a as a thick of phone. It, you know, as it can be, um, and yeah, um, speakers, are, okay, there are the speakers, and there are the, um, well, I've, I've talked about the USB-C quality, but speakers are great, uh, it, it's a big phone, it's got a big body, it's got plenty of room to reverberate, uh, again, sorry, people are talking in the background, give me a second, sorry, again, I have to cut, but yeah, the speakers are very good, um, plenty of bass, decent mids, and surprisingly good highs. Um, and very, very, very loud. They get very loud. Um, like I have to, I watch videos while I'm showering. Yeah, judge me. Um, because I can, I guess. <laughs> and usually on my K30, I'd put it at max volume, and it, they'd still be. Pro Sorry, I had to cut again. Uh, to put it at full volume. Um, but with the with this maybe mid-volume, mid-to-high does the job. Um, so yeah, I'm very happy about that. Um, and I'm very happy with the speakers as a whole. Uh, and let's see with how the microphone sounds, because I haven't tested that yet, and this will give me an indication. Hopefully it's good, I'm sure it's good. Uh, it was good on the K30, so it'll be good here. Um, absolutely. And yeah, that's basically it. Uh, we've gone 35 minutes. It's probably the longest podcast I've done in a while. Um, or ever. I um, hope you enjoyed this sort of review of, of, of the device, and 
if you do want to buy one, um, like I say, try and get the Snapdragon version um, if you can. But unless you're really a fan of Samsung, like I am, and a massive fan of the cameras, then don't buy one. Save your money, go for the OnePlus 8 Pro. Go for a sort of a flagship killer or even a mid-range because you don't need more. Uh, I just got it because it you know, was available and I wanted a flagship. I always want a flagship. And there it is. I'm interested to see what the Note 20s bring. I probably won't switch to it. Um, but... Um, we'll see. I might ha end up selling this and getting a Note 20 or whatever. We'll see. Um, I'm very much, uh, <laughs> a volatile, um, volatile sort of chooser, um, tinkerer, I guess. So yeah, hopefully you guys enjoy the podcast and I'll see you later on the next episode of Tech Link. Goodbye.